You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. We're locked and loaded on this gorgeous Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we have a lot to get to, Tony, from Rondell Moore, as you called him, the little fast guy from uh, from Purdue. We'll get to him coming up in our draft segment and <laughs> Alabama's Pro Day as well. And really, the NFL draft, we've been talking about free agency, NFL draft just over five weeks away. So plenty to talk about there. Plus, veteran quarterbacks. Let's start there because the veteran quarterbacks in this league, there are a lot of them with a lot to prove. You you got Russell Wilson asking for a trade, Matthew Stafford on a new team, Aaron Rodgers hoping to win another championship, you know, Ben Roethlisberger coming back again. There's a lot of guys that have something to prove this season, Tony. They do have a lot to prove guys that, you know, the guys that have already won, they kind of want to win again like I'm, I'm sure ben wants to ben's probably thinking you know he wants to win but mainly he wants to go out you know better than he did last year aaron definitely wants to get another one mm-hmm. because he wants to solidify his legacy uh russ is chasing another uh super bowl the other two guys that i mentioned Matty ice and stafford stafford wants to win something you know just give me something let me just prove that being out of detroit uh, it means that I could win, you know, in, in another in another place. And, and of course, Matty Ice being up 28 to three. And I hate to mention it. My bad to the Falcons fans but being up 28 to three and being also oh close and just not pulling it off. I know that is a that is a Dan Marino feeling. And even though Marino wasn't up in the Super Bowl, Marino probably always thought he'd get a chance to come back and go again. So of all of those guys, it's very interesting. Uh, ben probably only has one more year. Um it's interesting to look at the prognosis or what we think is going to happen with those guys this year and moving forward and who has the best chance to actually have success for the rest of their careers. Ben is a guy to me, he doesn't have to win a Super Bowl, but he needs to show he can still be a, a piece because I, I think that, that even though they won the AFC North and they started 11 and 0, a lot of people questioning Ben right now. And I it really, they're the, I don't want to call them the most fraudulent 12 and four team ever because there's plenty of teams that have flamed out at the end of seasons, but no one's buying that. No one's really picking them in the AFC North right now. I've seen some power rankings that have the Browns ahead of the Steelers and Ravens right now. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about, but I think Ben has something to prove as far as just, you know, the regular season. Now, some of these guys, it's different. Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't win another one, I don't think history is going to look back on him is as great as, as he is physically, right? Because he has all these physical tools and he might be the most outside, maybe Patrick Mahomes might be more, more mm-hmm. talented, but he's one of the most talented players ever. And if he only has one ring and he goes 12, 13, 14 years without winning one after winning it in 2010, people are going to question that a bit, right? It's kind of like how we're questioning Drew Brees a bit in his spot. I don't, I don't really think people are putting Brees in the same tier as Brady or Montana or, or some of those guys. And it's because he only won one. If he wins two or three, then you have to. So I agree with you there. But to me, out of all these guys, Matty Ice might have a young rookie quarterback to compete with. Yeah. If, the, if the Falcons, they might draft one fourth overall. They might draft one in the second or third rounds on day two. It's uh, 
he might be the the guy that has the most approved, not the most pressure, but the most approved. Because to me, Matt Stafford, I think we know what he is. Big arm, guy who's going to put up numbers and, and should win a lot in Los Angeles. Can he win the big one? I'm not sure. But if you're Matt Ryan, you're, you're playing for a job. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because the guy that I'm going to go with here is Stafford. And the reason why I'm going with Stafford is because of exactly what you just said. What you just said is he is what he is. And there's no one on this list that can change our perception of him more than Matt Stafford if he does exactly the opposite in L.A. of what you just said. And that is what we've seen him do for, what, 10, a dozen years or whatever, however long he's been in the league. If he can get with Sean McVay and do something different and elevate that team and go ascend to something higher and be greater and be better and make a deep run into the playoffs – and for the next three or four years of his career, actually look like a guy who's challenging or get to a conference title game. or Because you, if you recall, they had a playoff game. I think it was either in Dallas. Dallas. It was in Dallas. And it was they, a bad penalty. They almost beat – they should have beat him. It, change, it changes everybody's perception of him. And mm-hmm. the Des Bryant catch changes people's belief about Tony Romo a little bit. Remember? No doubt. I mean, no so doubt. so the so if we look back, these things have had a profound effect on our perception of what these guys' reality could have been, and it was out of their control. I think Matt Stafford has a golden opportunity here, and I don't know if he's going to do it because he has a bigger because he has a bigger hill or a bigger hole to climb himself out of. If he's able to do it, I think the the crux of what I'm saying here is he gets more credit and cachet for doing it because of the hole that we all, all put him in. And That's, there's more, and there's more blue sky and more opportunity. I, I think it's, it's funny. So I'm going to tie all these guys together. If Stafford wins a Super Bowl in Los Angeles and Rogers makes the playoffs a couple more times, but Stafford goes 12 and four, 13 and three, 12 and four, 11 and five. And there's a Super Bowl in there. There's an NFC title game appearance in there and they go to the playoffs all four years. Are they suddenly neck and neck? Like, do we feel much, much different about Stafford? Like, is there a way he could vault himself? Because how I'm hearing it and how I think it could go if he does have success in Los Angeles is, man, no one was winning in Detroit. Right. I I tried really damn hard and I played through injury. And, you know, I I have people calling me Stat Padford and a guy who just fills up the, the fantasy football stats in the fourth quarter and can't win. And now I'm showing I can win with a real organization and a real coach. And that, that isn't as dysfunctional. And I do think there is that opportunity there. And naturally, I look at, you know, someone like an Aaron Rodgers. If you end up with one Super Bowl, you might end up suddenly grouped in the Matt Stafford at range if Stafford rises. It sounds like such a take right now. I get it. I see I you think, rolling I, your eyes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think because of the way we always felt about Rodgers, and I uh, think because of his incredible statistics, and I think because we have already said to ourselves that they have wasted his talent. Haven't we? Haven't we? Isn't that the narrative that's flying around football that they've wasted his talent? And mm-hmm. that bunch up there right now that had that terrible draft last year when they did not go and get him weapons and they haven't been able to build a, a competent defense uh, that can win in the big games. They've been soft and teams have been able to just do whatever they wanted to do. You've got guys giving up bombs at the end of the second ha- first half and the Packers are still re-signing the contracts. It's we've blamed the front office and everybody else for him not being able to do it and and get there. 
remember the overtime? Remember the, the onside kick in Seattle? That wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. Remember the guy was running for a touchdown and the safety stopped him and said, no, just kneel down and, and the same game. The mm-hmm. defensive back pick, I think, it was Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He, he could have run for a touchdown. The guy stopped him and said, no, just 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 take the air out of the ball. And Seattle got it back and Rush went bip, 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 and they scored and went in overtime. And it was just crazy, man. So there have been a lot of things that really weren't his fault, and we've already given him a pass. i tell you what, if Stafford does this, Stafford's from Dallas. Stafford would be the Dirk Nowitzki of uh, football. And that is, had a great career, but people thought, oh, he's just a numbers guy. And then all of a sudden, bang, right at the end of his career, wins a championship. And if he does that in L.A., people will go, damn, he did it. He finally, the guy that put up all these, these stats finally got a team around him and he won the championship. And that's how he'll go out. And people want him to go out a winner. You know why? Because of the way he was off the field in Detroit, he's a good guy. And people like him. And that's why if he can pull this off, he totally sets himself up and changes himself. I could see him in studios. I could see Matt Stafford on TV. And he's going to L.A. Of all places, at the end of his career, he's going to L.A. with all of the goodwill that he's done off the field. He, you know, he's, he's, you know he's, he's a striking dude. He's got the Troy Aikman look to him. If he, <laughs> if he can muster a win in this, no one can change the, the next 25 years of their life more than Matthew Stafford. And he's got a deep threat now in Deshaun Jackson that if he's just healthy for the playoffs, that's if he it. could just have a, a touchdown catch in the playoffs and stretch defenses, you got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, could certainly change things for the Rams. One team that didn't change much but added a key veteran piece, and they've been just building it the right way, and the you said Buffalo and, Bills. And you said building. Look at that. Look how you did building. that. They've been building. B-I-L-L-D-I-N-G. That's a right. A team that Tony tried to jinx during the season. It didn't happen. We're going to talk about Josh Allen's squad next. But we've been telling you about Built Bar for months now here on Locked On NFL, and it is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. They're an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber-tasting protein bar. And the best part, they come with 100% chocolate they're covered in 100 chocolate they taste amazing and you've heard of march madness well right now it's built bar madness check out builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter each and every day for the latest matchups as built bar crowns the number one protein bar on the planet they all taste amazing but make sure you get your input and vote for your favorite and remember when you're at BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup. All right. It is a Wednesday. It is Locked On NFL. It's James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Every day on the Locked On Podcast Network, you can tune in to Locked On Today. And my main man, Peter Bukowski, Peter brings you Locked On Today, which is a show in, his, in and of itself where he gives you all the latest news from around sports in every market, all the experts, all the local experts from every single sport will have the stories of the day, especially these guys on Locked On NFL. And Peter will give it to you in 20 minutes. And it's hard, it's fresh, it's fast, it's early in the morning, and you can get it like a cup of espresso every single day. And wherever you get your podcast, you need to subscribe to Locked On Today and the great Peter Bukowski. All right, man. Um, by the way, I ate a built bar uh, peanut butter crunch right before the Ooh, show. So that's why that's why I haven't gotten tongue tied. That's why I haven't gotten tongue tied. And uh, you know, I got this joke, you know, of of I feel like a superhero right now. So um 
I'm talking about Buffalo. And I was sitting there looking at all these teams that, that did, uh, they, they didn't go through all these wholesale changes. We were talking about Brian Daybold, uh, possibly being one of the guys to get jobs. It didn't happen. Leslie Frazier, the defense coordinator, he's still there. All of a sudden, you look up, and Sean McDermott still has his staff. He has his complete staff. Usually when teams make this quantum leap and they win all of these games and there's been this outstanding quarterback development, what you see is they start to lose their coaches and teams start to cherry pick and and take little pieces away or they start to lose some of their key players. Buffalo didn't lose anything. The Bills haven't lost anything, bro. So I'm sitting there thinking like of all of these teams that who can I bring up with James that of all these teams that got all these shiny new parts and everyone's all of it, all excited. Sometimes we have to pay attention to the team that didn't change. That was on its way up. That didn't have to go out and make all of these wholesale changes. That's Buffalo. And it's, and it's really par for the course because that's how they built their team. And that's how they play. Buffalo's for real. And they, they, they can be absolutely scary this year. If they can make that continuity show up on the football field. And they go out and they get the one change, the one big change, Emmanuel Sanders. I love Emmanuel Sanders. He's one of my favorite receivers, man, because you could just plug him in anywhere. Another you, route you could, runner. He, you send him to Jupiter, and my man's going to get you 65 receptions, six touchdowns, and just be a big part of your offense. And even at this stage of his career, it's funny looking back to that San Francisco 49ers um, Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Emmanuel Sanders had the game-winning touchdown. He's streaking and he's wide open and it's right there. And Jimmy G overthrew him. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't because Sanders wasn't running fast. It was just a bad throw. But my point is, is he can still be a difference maker. And so you bring him on and you're right. The continuity part, Brian Dable wanted the chargers job and he thought he was going to get the chargers job and he didn't get the chargers job. And that's a, that's a hell of a spot to be in because now you have an offensive coordinator with a chip on his shoulder. He Mm -hmm. thought he deserved the job probably two years ago. Didn't get it. Okay, fine. The Bills are trending upward. Then they make the run in the playoffs, and he's like, okay, this is it. Peace out, Buffalo. Ah, no, you're coming back again. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He has a new shiny piece to work with, and I get it. Sanders is 34, but I think that does make an impact, especially when you swap him out with John Brown. You know, him and Diggs, you want to talk about route runners, Cole Beasley? They got a team full of them. They got a team full of guys that that can find spots. And, and so then they're going to probably, I assume they'll, they'll add, you know, some quality pieces on defense in the draft, maybe a running back at some point as they continue to just throw in uh, all these young running backs into the, into the mix here. I like what they're doing. I think they built it right, by the way, that, that model, you cover the Jaguars. I cover the Bengals, by the way, subscribe locked on Jags and locked on Bengals. But I, I think that uh, both teams could look at Buffalo and what they built around Josh Allen and say, all right, that's kind of a blueprint. That's a good way to go about it on how you're going to build around a young quarterback. And that's sort of what Jaguars did last year before they got the number one pick. They had 16 rookies last year, you know. So you can some you can sometimes do that the year before you get the franchise guy. Some people think that you wait until you get the franchise guy and then you start doing that. The Jaguars actually did it the year before, which led them to be so bad uh, because they had so many young guys. And now, so they're actually in the second year of the rebuild when they get Trevor Lawrence. But your point is correct. Your point is absolutely correct. Now, Buffalo is going to go down as one of those teams that that did the unthinkable and it worked out. And this is why there's more than one way to skin a cat. Buffalo is actually the team 
that traded the pick and the the pick that led to the Chiefs drafting Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And you think like in history, you go back if Patrick Mahomes continues to be what everyone believes he's going to be, someone will go, who was the team that the Chiefs traded two first round picks to move up and take Patrick Mahomes? Buffalo. And you'll go, idiots. Well, not really. It's going to take somebody like you, me, or Bill's guy, some dude, you know, that uh, is eating buffalo wings right now to say, ah, that's not true. The Bills actually were good after they made that trade. And it's odd that that happens. Sometimes, you know, that does not happen when you make the trade that a lot, like, for instance, ask San Francisco mm-hmm. or ask Chicago. Chicago took Trubisky instead of taking, you know. So the thing is, it didn't work. But the bottom line in this situation is, Doing that, doing the unthinkable actually did work out for them. And I like the fact that they've just remained and stayed solid and they know who they are. And you have to credit leadership above the coach because they don't try to win press conferences. They don't try to do the sexy stuff. They do the right thing infrastructurally for their football team. And and people can not only Jacksonville and Cincinnati, there's a lot of people around this league that could learn from that. This is how you do it. This is how you build it. This is how you get an identity. And it, it'll come. You do it the right way and it'll come. Don't worry about all of the rainbows and the marshmallows and who wins in, in March and February. Worry about who can eventually start winning in October and November. And Buffalo, in my opinion, is they're built to last and win for a long time. So I think we both, I mean, we just praised the Bills. They're probably um, not, not only the favorites in Vegas, to win the AFC East, but we both like them probably the most in that division. So who after that? Cause the Patriots made a bunch of moves. Miami was certainly aggressive. The jets added a couple nice young pieces. If you had to rank them here, I'll go bills. I guess dolphins. I still don't like to, to bet against Belichick, but I guess I'm dolphins. going, I'm going Patriots too. Yeah. I have the Patriots right there. I, I I need the Patriots to do something at quarterback. And I was thinking maybe it would be like Marcus Mariota, but he's going back to Las Vegas. He just restructured his contract according to reports. And that's to me, like if you have Mariota and cam, you can kind of roll the dice and one of these guys is going to hit. So we'll see what they do at quarterback. That's the big question for they me. May end, you, they, they may end back up with Garoppolo at some, in, in some sort of way as, as a Newton insurance policy, if they don't draft somebody. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know if they can if they can swing a deal for Garoppolo, then there you go. But I just need some kind of backup plan, I guess. Um, and and who knows? And and by the way, speaking of that, when you got the Jets, the Jets, uh, Corey Davis, and that's one of the young pieces they added that I liked him and Carl Lawson. He said, "Hey, I think Sam Darnold. I was told Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback here. Doesn't so matter. That's, that's he, interesting too. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Has he signed the contract, Davis?" Yeah. Davis has. Yeah. It doesn't, well, it doesn't matter what he was told. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just, yeah. Oh, you signed? Okay, cool. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got you. So yeah. you're saying that was a pickup line. Hey, we got this young. Yeah, I mean. It mean, might be better than Sam Donald right now, though. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is uh, at that time you signed a contract, Sam Donald was our quarterback, but he ain't no more. I mean, so it it doesn't matter. The thing is, is just sign on the dotted line. Why don't you, what are you going to do? He going to quit? You know, you're going to sit out because Sam, if they trade Sam and take the other kid, no, they're not. So come on, Corey, chill out. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about what they told you. You know, of course they told you what they needed to tell you. Okay. I'm not saying they lied to you, but they told you on a need to know basis. Don't tell, don't think for one minute though, that Belichick didn't resign Cam Newton strategically. 
You, you can't go into free agency without a quarterback and go get John U. Smith and Hunter Henry and those wide receivers. They go, who's going to throw me the ball? Cam Cam? is respected. He is respected. That's he's, the thing. He, he is the Carmelo. Is another basketball reference. He's the Carmelo Anthony of the NFL. He's more respected by his peers than he is by fans in the media. No doubt. No guys doubt in the league, guys in the NBA swear by Melo. They think Melo will dump 30 on you at any moment. Media guys and fans, two years ago, they didn't care that Melo wasn't even playing. Am I right or wrong? You're right. It's and the same thing. He was done, and now he's getting 20, 20 when he needs to for Portland. Right. And the, and the thing is, uh, when it comes to Cam, he signed that league minimum deal last year. I had multiple players reach out like, what the hell? What a steal that is. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not going to reveal who, but, like, man, and there were Bengals players, but – it's just that he's respected across the league. So there's no doubt. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, a lot of these teams going to need help in the draft. Offensive players wise, a kid at Purdue, Rondo Moore. Impressive, Little Rondo. Little Rondo. Concerns. We're going to talk about that. We'll also dive into Alabama's pro day next right here on Locked On NFL. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but. As we mentioned, the NFL draft five weeks away. There are prop bets galore. Plus, March Madness in full swing. I know a lot of people didn't fill out brackets. You can still get paid with Bet Online. So go there right now, betonline.ag. Check out all they have to offer. And just because you're listening to this podcast, you are going to get free money because when you go to betonline.ag and you make your first deposit, you use promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's bet online they have you covered for all the news scores and odds head there right now betonline.ag you can sign in on your mobile device as well it's super easy use promo code locked on to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus bet online bet online your online sportsbook experts all right it is wednesday it's locked on nfl and every day man from here on out to the draft you can check out Draft dudes, locked on NFL drafts. Travis Akima and Ben Solak break it down. They look at every single team and become pseudo GMs of every single team to tell you what they need, what they don't need. They know all the players. You don't have to go breaking tape looking at all of those guys. All you got to do is listen to those guys on Draft Dudes and Locked On NFL Podcast, where you can find that on radio.com and on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, man. So Bama had their pro day today, and a bunch of boys look like grown men. As usual, they they you know they come, they actually come in there looking like I saw a picture of Certain and then I saw one of uh, Najee. Uh, I saw a picture of Najee from the Senior Bowl. Unreal. There's no wonder nobody can hardly beat them, man. And I know that's not good English, but I just said it the way I felt like saying it. Nobody can hardly beat them, you know, because it's like it's almost like kids playing against their daddies, you know. And it's funny because everyone's treating Devontae Smith like he's some kid. After all the all this, now he's just this little thin guy who isn't going to translate. And we're going to get the little Rondell in a minute, and that's how what you call yeah. him. I'm not going to call him that because yeah. he'll kick my tail. Yeah, uh, and yours, by the way. No matter how many Bill bars we eat, right. but <laughs> Devontae Smith, we've talked about him before, man. But I think people are jumping off the deep end a little bit. I think he's gone from Heisman, best receiver in the country in 2022, underrated. I really do. I, like, is, and hopefully NFL teams, hopefully this is just media because NFL teams just think, oh, a buck 70, he's not going to. Deshaun Jackson probably weighs about 160 pounds. It does. Okay. He's thinner than I am. And I've interviewed Deshaun in person and I'm shocked that he's played in the league as long as he has. And has he had injury issues? Sure. He's also been a pro bowler. Yeah. And I think Devontae Smith is a longer, taller, 
sleeker, not better as fast. Route runner. Not as fast, it, though. Not as fast. No, no, no. But 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 he's he's more complete. He can do more. Yeah. I think you know. I mean, he could he could do a lot more for you. And, and and that's not the comp. But my point is, is like they come in all different shapes and sizes. You got DK Metcalf. Then you you know you, you got a guy in uh, in Devonte Smith who Tyler Lock is not a big guy either. He's underrated now. He's are they underrated no. him? I think I think we're underrating yeah. him now. I think well, Smith is really good. Well, here's the thing about about Devontae. I like him, and I liked him before. I liked him before this year. One of the comps that I had for him, I had one of them was too old. I put Charlie Brown, and people ain't gonna remember Charlie Brown. I played for the Redskins or the Washington football team when I was a kid. People they think used, you're talking about the, tar- the cartoon. I know, I know it, right? So, <laughs> so the Washington football team, rather, you know, they used to be that other name, but the other one was Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks was six feet, 175 pounds when he played, when he came out of South Carolina, he played in Green Bay. And he's another, he just knew how to play football. And I think Devontae Smith is wiry. I think he's strong. That's the only similarity I have with him and Marvin Harrison. And even Marvin Harrison is about 20 pounds bigger than him. Marvin Harrison is about 190. But they, 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 they look about the same. They don't play like – he plays like Isaac Bruce. He doesn't play like Marvin. He built like Marvin has, but he plays like Isaac Bruce. And he, he, he was very smooth even before – and this is where the media sometimes kills me. First five games this year, they weren't even thinking about him. They were talking about the other kid, Waddle. Yeah. Because he's so dynamic. He's like a little Odell Beckham, right? And that's all they were talking about. He gets hurt, and the Smith wins the Heisman because of all this attention. So I guess now all of a sudden he's the next Jerry Rice, and people wanted to – somebody comped him. This, I saw on Twitter. I went off. They comped him to Randy Moss, and I'm thinking, like, these are some of the worst comparisons I've ever seen. He's nothing like Randy Moss. So <laughs> the, the thing is, is it gets out of hand when people do stuff like that. And instead of just keeping it where it's supposed to be. I think he's going to be a very, very good player in the NFL, especially if he goes to the right ball club. Um, the issue with, with drafting him high is you run into the word prospect, which is the most likely to succeed. And you put your job on the line. Whenever you go with a short quarterback, uh, a, a small a running quarterback that doesn't really throw well, uh, a small corner, a short safety. Uh, if Aaron Donald had been a failure, uh, Les Snead would have gotten fired because he was a 6'1", 285-pound defensive tackle. And you can get fired for missing on a player, but you can't get fired for missing on a player that doesn't check all the boxes from the from the start. That's the point. You just can't do it. You, you, just sh- you should not – you have to understand that when you take those risks on players at certain positions, everyone misses on guys. But when you miss on a guy that 75% of the league missed on, it's one thing. But when you miss on a guy that the analytics tell you it wasn't going to work from the start, that's a fireable offense. And that's the difference. So when people don't understand prospect, there's a lot of folks that know a lot of guys are going to be good players. But they, who's the kid, the safety for Tampa? Was it? Was, Antoine Winfield Jr. Everybody knew that kid could play. But you know why he lasted until he did in the draft? Because he was too short and his arms were short. And what, what happens? He gets into the league and bam, he's good. Yep. But they didn't take the chance because of him as a prospect. And that's what people don't get. That people's jobs are on the line, man, and folks aren't willing to take risks. But he's a good player. The best game he had, in my opinion, he had a game this year where he went totally berserk. He had like 15, 16 catches. But the best game he had considering the competition was last year against LSU. 
against the the, the Joe Burrow LSU team. Mm-hmm. And he was matched up a lot against Stingley, who might be the number one pick in the draft next year, the cornerback from LSU. Mm-hmm. He had double-digit catches, and he had over 220-some-odd yards receiving in a game that had maybe the most talent in any one single game that I have seen since a matchup with Florida and Florida State years ago. A game that might have had 45 NFL players and 20 first-round picks total. He was almost the best player on the field outside of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And that's unreal. He's he's a freak. He's a freak. And people are going to underrate him because of his size. And if NFL teams aren't willing to uh, to take the risk, like you said, then someone's going to, you know, hey, if he gets the 15 in Belichick, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick is the easiest evaluation ever. He can't scout receivers. This dude's a baller. Just get him. I don't care about his weight because you're not getting fired, Bill. Anyways, let's talk about one more guy here. Let's stick with receivers. Rondell Moore. He's a freak. All right. The dude ran a 4-2-9 unofficial at Purdue's Pro Day in the 40-yard dash. And then he has a 42-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, which would have been second at last year's NFL Combine. And he was disappointed. And he was disappointed, by the way. He was angry. Disappointed, yeah. And so I I don't know what he weighed in at. I think he's around 180 pounds. This dude bench – or this dude squats – he didn't bench. This dude squats 600 pounds. There's a video on YouTube of him doing that a few years ago. The downside, and this is the question here, he's only 5'7". Mm-hmm. And we knew he was short. I think people thought he'd be 5'9". Five, 5'7", five, there is a threshold now. Now is he, what is he? Because I was hoping he would be Curtis Samuel. And now I'm wondering, is he just kind of this hybrid, pass-catching, running back-ish wide receiver? I mean, what is he? What do you think? Uh, what he is is, and I posted this on social media as well, at Chop Talking Wig on Twitter. He is an injection of what the hell into a team or a program <laughs> that just needs to just do something different. He is he is just he is just an injection. He is a give him the ball some kind of way six or seven times a game and just let whatever's going to happen happen. He's Darren Sproles, Cheetah. D, uh, Dante Hall, he's a football player. That's what he is. He's that. But you have to have the extra draft capital. You have to have the team already built. And you have to be able to say, you know what? We just need we just need a shot of tequila in here. <laughs> you know, it's too quiet in here. Sure. They're playing Sinatra. Chris, and, you know, and- grandma's sitting over eating turkey. You know, we're having too much fun. Somebody go get me a shot of tequila. That That, that is what this, this is just a boom. Just let's liven this thing up. That's what it is. And so what's that worth? You cover the Jags. They have the 25th pick. Is it worth that? Is it worth pick 37? Is it worth pick 63? Because that's the tough part now is he's clearly not a wide receiver one. He, you ain't no, doing that at five, no, seven. No, he's a straight. He's a straight slot guy. And I'll tell you why Urban can pull it off. He can pull it off here in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the ultimate what the hell, why not team. And we have Trevor Lawrence. And this guy sliced me up at Ohio State when I had a national championship caliber team. I'm taking him. What do we have to lose? It's a touchdown waiting to happen. We'll figure it out. That's that that's what it is. That I'm trying, I'm trying to score touchdowns. And I call him little because the way we talk about Devontae Smith, who's 6'1 and 170, he's 5'7, but he ain't little. 
He's built like no. a tank. He's built like a fire he hydrant. Is. So I'm joking. I, when, I jo- yeah. I'm joking when I say that. And Jacksonville had a guy named Maurice Jones Drew, who yeah. was similar. Yeah, it was similar. Even though Urban isn't going to play traditional offense here, he's just going to play football. And I think Rondell Moore is just a guy you just figure you just figure out a way to get him the ball five or six times a game. To me, the teams that were in on Curtis Samuel should be in on Rondell Moore, because I I I think he's stronger, more physically imposing than Samuel got the same quicks and, and has a chance to make an impact sooner. Cause Samuel it took him a little bit right in Carolina and there's some turnover and some stuff like that. But I, I think he's reaching his and going to reach his full potential, depending on what Washington ends up doing at quarterback. But that's, that's kind of my comp. I think it could be a better, stronger Samuel potentially quick outs, jet sweeps, shallow crosses, drags, and, uh, an occasional line them up in the backfield and throw, you know, throw the little wheel route or run him straight down the seam and just, and just, just throw it, throw it as far as you can throw it and tell them to go get it. Yep. Just put that pressure on another team, but it's because you have the, you have other things you could do too. You have other weapons on your team. And he's just, like I said, he, he's just a shot of tequila. That's what it is. It's like, he's a compliment. So this you can draft a compliment in round one. You're okay doing that. A compliment that is going to be combustible. It's not a sure. compliment that's just going to, okay, get you a first. No, he's a compliment that scares the hell out of everybody you're going to play against. Gotcha. Because yeah. he changes the game. I, I, I know this. If, uh, if he ends up on the team I cover, I'm going to ask him for some squatting tips because there's no way I could squat <laughs> even half of 600 pounds. Uh, no, you kidding me. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. Hey, I squat 300 every day and not really squat, but I just kind of just walk around and carry it. Every get time I get, here. every time I get in out of my truck, I'm, I'm squatting 300 pounds every day. So, you know, that's, <laughs> Hey man, it's been fun here on a Wednesday on locked on NFL with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, man. We, you know, we do Devante Smith's. I know it. Right. Yeah. My legs, my legs, if I don't hurry up and do something, my legs, they look like the, my shins look like Devante Smith's. No, man, it's been fun. Um, Make sure you uh, log in and, and subscribe and uh, find Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On NFL. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and enjoy the content. Keep taking care of each other, man. We'll keep bringing you the content every day for James Rapine, for Tony Wiggins. Uh, we're signing off from another Locked On NFL, but the guys will be right back with you tomorrow for another episode. Take care until next Wednesday.